Before we get stuck into today's episode, we are available on 10 different podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, releasing a new show every Monday morning. We are the only relationship podcast on the planet that interviews the most qualified relationship coaches, marriage counsellors, authors on love, and psychologists around the world. Alongside the amazing coaches I get to interview, collectively we bring to life a foolproof relationship operation manual for you, the listener, that endeavours to help every woman in the world thrive in their romantic connections. If you've had enough of one toxic connection after another, then hit the subscribe button or the plus button to be the first to know when a new episode has been released. Welcome back. It's that time of the week again. And I've got a returning guest, Gabby Sundra. She's a appeared on episode 42 how to argue effectively so go back and have a listen to that and also episode 50 healing the introvert extrovert angst in relationships so you know when one you know obviously we've got differences in ourselves don't we gabby we sure do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Doing that piece on introverts, extroverts, it, it brought all of that up with my husband. I'm like, Oh, let me teach about this. And yeah. we got into our biggest argument in two and a half years. <laughs> humbling, <laughs> humbling. But point being is we're all always growing and learning. We're not like done. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're so different. And I guess the question is, do opposites really attract? Um, and if you're completely the same, can it ever work? Can we quickly answer that? Yes. Yeah. If you're looking at that topic, that one dives deep in, in, into that. It can work. Opposites do attract. The real question is, can you build a couple, a couple culture where it's all needs met, where both people's desires matter? I've been doing a lot on personality typing recently, the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, you know, StrengthsFinder, <clears throat> love language, erotic blueprint. And all of these assessments that we can take mm. to really understand ourselves better. When I was doing the piece on introvert extroverts, I noticed with my husband and I, oh, even more so. Oh, that's why he does that. And it builds so much more compassion and respect for not like, why does he do it that way? But, oh, it's because he's in that type. And mm. those are the things that work for him. For example, I discovered um, about uncertainty that extroverts do much better at holding uncertainty than introverts who like a lot more of a clear plan. So instead of getting frustrated about that dynamic between us, I'm like, oh, okay, that's why it's happening. And I can see how I can bring the two together with synergy, like take the oil and water and turn it into chocolate and peanut butter. So, but it does take not work. I don't like to say work, but it takes your intention, your attention and action sprinkled a little bit all the time rather than like, Oh, we got to get in there and we need to talk and we need to fix this. Like who wants that? Mm. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't give up. If you feel like opposites, um, there is synergy and chocolate and peanut butter in there somewhere. Definitely go back and have a listen to those episodes. So that's 42 and number 50. Now, Gabby, for those that ha haven't actually gone back and listened to those episodes and they're here for the first time, just tell everyone a bit about yourself, what you do and why you do it. Yes, thanks so much for having me. I'm Gabby Sundra, a love coach. I often call myself the love trifecta coach because that love trifecta is the play, the peace and the passion 
Because if you aim for having a playmate, you aim for having a sanctuary, and you aim for having a lover, and you have those three things in your relationship, like you've hit the lottery. You've won, you know, the the best of the three, right, of the trifecta. Mm. And so I'm all about helping couples get what they both want by aiming and figuring out what they do want. I help them get out of the ditch if they need to, venting and review their arguments. But really, it's about what do you want, and let's focus on that as playmates and allies. Fantastic. All right. And today we're going to be oh, chatting. And find me at forbetter.love oh. is if you're looking to find Gabby Sundra there. Yes. Forbetter.love. Yes, yes. And I'll have all those details in the show notes below. And we'll also remind you at the end of the episode too. So stick around because there is going to be a free gift at the end of the episode and we'll talk about that. But today, so you can suggest or mention what we're actually going to talk about today. Welcome to this short ad break. You know, sometimes it's easy to get stuck into a mental rut where we let ourselves go, but deep down, we're unhappy. We might even be post-breakup and feeling a little bit lost. Start feeling confident, self-assured and healthy again so you can attract the best kind of lovers, friendships and even career into your life today. You can apply for online coaching with me where I will take you through a hybrid fitness system that covers the three pillars to success, where I take you through the deep work of mindset principles and help you achieve breakthroughs, guide you to understand meal preparation for your goals, and a custom weight training program to help you build a healthy physique, one that you can be proud of. Find the application link in the show notes of this episode below. Back to the show. Yes, yes. This is about vows and promises, right? We've talked about fighting. We've talked about our differences. And whether you are getting married, those who are listening out there, or whether you're already married, and maybe you're like, vows, I don't remember what I said in my vows. In fact, the exact words when I ask a couple, what did you promise when you got married? The exact words I hear over and over and over again is, Hell if I know. <laughs> now, and even those for you who are not married or even single, these can be um, vows that you can still create and lean into and, and use them to discover what's most important to you, what you value in a relationship. Okay, great. Now, if we're looking at sort of putting your vows together, like I remember when I put my vows together for Married at First Sight, and obviously you're writing vows for a complete stranger, Obviously, you can't write about all the special things about them, but I had to write something that was quite meaningful for myself, uh, my friends and family, and also, I guess, our community being gay. I had to stand for something that was, you know, going to reach the broader community. And I think those vows got like 40,000-something tweets. Like, it brought the country to its knees. They were one of the best oh, wow. vows the show has ever seen. Them. Yeah, yeah, they were beautiful. So if you go back to... Uh, season seven, uh, Married at First Sight Australia, episode two. Um, yeah, go back and watch that. That it, it was pretty profound. It was a profound moment. But I remember writing those vows. I think it took me, oh, I reckon a good week to write those vows and get it really spot on. And the producers had to keep um, reviewing them and also ticking them off and going, okay, we accept that or no, please remove this. Or so, you know, we wrote a whole, I I think I wrote two pages or something and they only put a small snippet, but they put the best parts, I guess. So is there a stress? Is there, is there a common stress (laughs) with people that are actually getting married who know their person that they're getting married? Like I can't imagine, that would be so much easier to write. I can imagine than (laughs) writing for a complete stranger. So tell us about that. 
There's a lot of things that doing as one person are a lot easier than trying to get the combination between the two. It it can seem like um, oil and water, as we said before, or a tug of war. Of, well, I want this, and but the when you ask about the pressure, that is the word I hear most: pressure and overwhelm. There's so much going on when people are getting married. And yeah. this is one of those things that are really most important. I mean, it sets the tone for your whole marriage. And it often gets squeezed in at the last minute, right? Either it's something that you just got from someone else and they just handed it to you and you're reading it and it's not personal, which mm. is fine. Um, but there's so much these days of, it's like you can have it your way. So why not, instead of having your vows be something you said, hell if I know, and just something you said one day, what if there's something that's that's both meaningful that wows you in the moment when you say it, including your guests? I love it when I go to a wedding that I've helped a couple write their vows and they say their vows. And most often there's at least one or two points where people just absolutely swoon and will come up to the bride and groom or bride and bride and groom and groom or whatever combination it may be and actually say um, you know, those were so moving. One couple I just did an interview with, their um, half of the family is a Hispanic family, and he said, you know, it was some of the most macho uh, male family members that were teared up and crying oh. at our wedding. Oh, how cute. That's amazing. And just the, yeah, just the power of being... Um, having it be something really meaningful, you said, as you said, 44,000 people, when they see something true and special... But it can be high pressure and it does get squeezed in at the last minute. Mm. I'll often tell people when they come to work with me about like, let's take the the big pressure and turn it into a deep pleasure yeah. um, so that it, you can enjoy it. Uh, I mean, you're condemning your love for someone in front of all your friends and family. I reckon that should be one of the first things you get out of the way and then refine it as you go. Keep reading over it. Keep making sure it's as perfect as can be and I just remember I practiced reading that and recorded myself in front of a camera reading it because I thought I'm going to be in front of cameras. So I need to sort of, I need to kind of not act this out, but really make sure that I'm comfortable in seeing myself read that back now because then that's going on TV. So I kind of rehearsed the part where I grabbed her hand and I put it on my, my heart and they made that a real pivotal moment on camera. And I was like, See, you know, when you practice, practice your execution is perfect. So that would be my advice to anyone listening. Like don't take it for granted because it's that one moment that if it's the only time you ever get married, you want it to be one of the most special moments. So words hit hard with people, don't they, Gabby? They sure do. They sure do. And even if you don't remember exactly what was said, what's that great quote? People don't remember what you said. They remember how you made them feel. Yeah. So, and you're going to come back hopefully on your anniversary um, or even more often, you'll come back to look at your wedding vows to see how to keep them alive. How alive are they? Is there anything that you are being called to do to invest in intimacy rather than waiting until, you know, it's clean up an aisle four because you just completely forgot about what you said was most important. One of the things I like to say are the vows that wow you now, but woo you later so that you don't just write beautiful vows that are for the day of and move you and move them, but how do you set yourselves up so that you have a practice, as I mentioned before, your couple culture to keep those wedding vows alive? Do you ever get couples that come to you for couples counseling that complain that the other couple is not fulfilling their vows, their original vows, and go, you know, you said this in your vows, but you're really not doing that? 
most people are, and by the way, I, I'm a coach, not a therapist. I did all the education to be a therapist, but okay. I like the personal approach and being able to um, really um, have a, a relationship with my coaching clients, which isn't appropriate in a therapeutic. Sure. I'm also much more directive. Yeah, Most of my work is like 75, 80% of the structure that's clear and then modified for each person, each couple to make it um, really resonate for them. Yes. So it's, it's not it's, like it's, this open-ended, but at any rate, yep. um, yes, people will come in and say, now most often what people come in and say is, I will ask them about their wedding vows and neither one of them remember. It's not mm. that someone is holding their vows over the other person's head and saying, you should do this, which by the way, whether it's your vows or anything else, goals, I, I never think that that's appropriate, that you actually want to um, be looking at yourself and inspiring your beloved and inviting your beloved to play. But uh, when it comes to personal development, autonomy and choice has to be there. So you have to inspire or enroll, but um, to pressure is just a bad idea. It's just a bad idea. It doesn't, it frustrates everybody. For sure. For sure. Okay. So if we're writing vows then, how do we structure? Is there a good way to structure your vows? Yes, I do have a few recommendations. And as we mentioned, we have a gift. I normally have a playbook that walks people through this process that I sell for $33. And so I'm just going to gift that to any of your audience that wants to um, come check that out. So mm -hmm. we'll give that URL at the end and in the notes. Um, but some overall tips. <clears throat> so first, you want to look and see, is there any particular theme? So it might be that, uh, you know, in one case, I worked with a Muslim couple and there are four seasons in the Muslim tradition. So they decided they were going to only have four wedding vows, one to focus on each season. Another one chose this, chose this model of seven archetypes. So that may or may not be important to you of any particular theme. But so there's so many theme weddings these days that even your vows can fall into something if it's really important. Um, it's, it's very important that you have both of your desires met. So what I recommend that a couple do first is to either on their own or together, just take 15 minutes and just whatever comes to mind. I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. And then as a gift of intimacy, you can share those and be like, oh, I like yours. I like yours. And of course, look for the commonalities, not the differences. If you don't both agree, then, and this is where I usually come in is I will have take a couple and take both of what they've written and then I will merge it and show it to both of them so they don't have to negotiate what goes in and what doesn't go in. Mm -hmm. They can just send it both to me and I kind of craft something that's the essence of what they both want. But for those out there doing it on their own and the DIY with the playbook, mm. that's another good place to look is just first make it an enjoyable experience. Don't try to do it late at night or early in the morning. You know, if you already have kids and even if you don't, life is full on. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it can take something to find time. So whether it's a date night or a Sunday afternoon, but do, you know, even if it's even you have to do it as, as like a speed short moment, you're like, okay, let's have some fun. 15 minutes of romance. Let's write our vows now and hand mm. them a piece of paper. I don't know what you have to do for your circumstances, but you want to bring some joy and pleasure, not shooting on yourself or your partner. We have to do this. You said you do it. We haven't done it yet. Not helpful. <laughs> Certainly not romantic. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, another tool <clears throat> that you might want to consider when you're writing your vows is, of course, length. I recommend that you have 12 wedding, vow wedding vows because then you're set up to follow one per month. Mm. 
And if you can't say it in one breath, then it's probably too long. <laughs> what do you mean by 12 wedding vows? Um, so if there's, um, you know, I promise this, I promise that, I promise this, I promise that, and there's 12 total. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Because 12 vows, I mean, 12 months <clears throat> a year, now you can focus on uh, the vow of the month. I know all of my wedding vows by month. You know, July is I promise to do the work with you and to stretch, uh, and to stretch to become um, all we can be or something like that. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm blanking on that one right now. But and we even turned our vows into a song at one point. Mm-hmm. Right? We were in a personal development workshop. So there's all sorts of ways that you can stretch or play with them in their design so that they'll, you'll keep them alive with more ease. You know, uh, our September, our August wedding vow is our most difficult, which is I promise to care about your experience and happiness, even when it conflicts with my own. And August is when we usually go to Burning Man. And Burning Man, as wonderful as it is, is one of the most difficult and stressful places on the planet. In fact, I'm leading a workshop there um, that are on the five most common couple complaints on the playa and what to do about them because it's a great place to fall in love and it's a great place to break up. Why so looking at when you put your wedding vows at which vow of the month, September for us is I promise to create peace with myself, with you, with others in the world. Um, and September happens to be International Peace Month. So there's just all these kind of games you can play with. What can I do to keep those wedding vows alive? Right. right. And are these, so would this be something that just rolls into the next year and the, the year after that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So for example, every January for Raj and I, as I promise to open my heart to you and stretch to new depths of intimacy and vulnerability. Uh, And so one year we looked at that and we said, well, uh, well, actually it was the one I promised to be faithful, loyal, and true, which is May. Mm. And one day we said, well, how can we be faithful, loyal, and true even more so? Because that's kind of a baseline for us. Yeah, And we said, well, let's look at what does it mean to be really loyal and true? Mm. And I realized that me encouraging my husband to focus on one business at a time and to make sure that that one works before he gives any other attention to his other passions wasn't me being loyal and true to him. And I now support him in his Tangle Fitness business. And he also writes music, not as a business, but he composes music. And just just really looking at those wedding vows every year, how can you grow even more so into them rather than the default, which is just to have completely forgotten about them? Right. And where do you keep your wedding vows so that you can refer back to them year after year? Well, as I mentioned, we put it into a song, and so we put it then to pictures and a video. You can also put them on your refrigerator. I have the vow of the month. I went in, it's just one per month. I only had to enter it, you know, 12 entries of the January vow of the month and put it on an annual repeat, the February vow of the month. And so I'll have that repeat come up on the first of the month, right? Right. Now I go a little extra step further and I make a declaration on social media and we'll say, hey, this is the vow of the month and what we're going to do about it this time because there's power in public declaration. You're more likely to keep your accountability to other people than you are to yourself or those even close to you. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes making a public declaration and plus it inspires others. 
Mm. And people can see that I'm not waiting to fix my marriage. I'm investing in it. And these are the things that we promised. You could take your wedding vows and send them to your wedding party and say, you know, this is what we promise and um, ask them how you're doing in that once a year. I did do that for a number of years. We would send an email out once a year on our anniversary to a group of friends and say, how are we doing in these wedding vows? Give us your feedback, mm. right? That's that's kind of graduate level there, but you can see we're really committed to keep those wedding vows alive uh, because marriage is hard. So mm. if you take your eye off the ball, it's a lot of work to fix it. And I'm just yeah. not into fixing things. I'm yeah. much into building what we want and maintaining that together. Love that. Absolutely love that. Now, if people want to actually work with you to work on their vows rather than using the playbook, what, how long does that process generally look like? Are we talking about a number of weeks and sessions? Well, because people getting married or renewing, doing a vow renewal are quite busy, I give them the option. It's one to three sessions. And I at least do the first session with a client with the couple. And then if they're just too busy to meet again, I use Loom and I'll in real time as I'm editing their vows, I'll show them what I did. And then I'll send them that Loom. They can look at it, do a little video screen capture record, or just a voice memo and send it back to me, Mm -hmm. or just print it out and write on it. However, it's easiest for the people that are working with me and those that really love the sessions and can make it happen. We do the full three sessions, right? Together. Fantastic. Very good. I like to meet people where they're at. So whether it's you want the freebie and do it yourself, or if you're like me and you know, if you don't have the trainer at the gym, you're not going to go. And also you want the support, you know, it can be quite overwhelming, a high pressure. Even if you are a writer, going to write your vows can be really a bit of overwhelm and high pressure. And especially if you're not a writer and then there's two of you, not just one of you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As a general recommendation, someone's getting married. Obviously, it's a huge planning process. It can be months and even sometimes a couple of years in the process. How far out from the actual wedding day should people have their wedding vows starts? Like when should they start writing them and when should they be ready to go? Well, of course, the earlier the better because you can keep looking at it and looking at it and checking in and just using it to guide the process because let's be honest, planning a wedding is stressful. Mm. So using your wedding vows early on. Now, you might say, oh, that takes out the surprise, but I will, I do have, I'll mention in a second, I do have a part of the process that includes the surprise for your beloved, but the vows is something that you create together. Um, You don't want to be doing this in the last 24 hours. So to me, the very latest is a week before. Mm. the very latest, right? Ideally, you're doing it in the, I would say, 90 days before, right? If you have that spaciousness, why not take it? Mm. Um, You could do a session once a month for three months to get them done, right? Or if you need to, you could do a session once a week for three weeks Mm -hmm. um, or just do one session, right? Uh, Now, if you're doing it on your own, you are going to need more than one session, now, I will say that when Raj and I, my husband and I sat down to write our wedding vows, it just kind of came flooding out, but we had too many. We had to narrow it down and shorten them. So it wasn't just initially that first pass. I did want to, Amanda, if I could just add a couple of other tips for those that are going to do it, the DIY out there. For sure. Yeah. Which is first, just start with your heart dump, not a brain dump, but a heart dump, just jotting down words. Don't worry about phrases or it sounding right. Just almost like what are just your core values? What are the things mm-hmm. that are most important to you? Mm-hmm. And then any key words, there might be some words that are really important, right? Like intimacy or 
laughter or whatever they they may be mm. um spirituality i don't know what it might be but looking for any of those key words i have some words that are kind of my favorite words like delight and delightful is mm-hmm. one of my favorite words and awesome uh, so amazing so you want to see if there are any particular words that are inspiring for you so I'd given you some of those other key mentions earlier, but I just wanted to not not skip those. Yeah, no, I love that. Absolutely love that. I look, I I don't really have any more questions around that. I think it's just about people grabbing that free playbook and giving them that absolute beautiful structure they need to, to write the perfect vows on the day. Um, I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions, but before I do, okay. is there anything else you want to kind of mention before we start to sort of wrap it up? Yeah, there is just when you are, when you've done after your first pass of your vows and you're going to do your second or your third or your 18th revision, hopefully not, um, you know, hopefully it just kind of can come out. And if you are struggling, by all means, please do reach out. But I encourage you to go through your vows and put in either bold or uh, caps what the keyword is. What's the most important word that sounds and feels just right to you? Hmm. You also want to look at your vows and just decide, are they going to be symmetrical, right? That what one person promises one, the other person promises the other. My frame of reference, I tend to like that, but some people, you know, I just want to invite, you know, it's your vows, your way. So if you wanted one of your vows, one person to say, and the other, the other person's promises, that's, that's up to you. So I just wanted to speak to that nuance. And then the last two tidbits before we go with your rapid fire questions are just uh, look at the order in terms of any of your priorities. Are there anything that's grouped together? Um, And is there any, in terms of the order, any like dismount, you know, that you want at the end, like what's the most important thing to say at the end? And then finally, what kind of support do you want? My husband and I, when we got married, we put our wedding vows on a little piece of paper and underneath each chair, and it said our vows, and at the bottom, and my husband and I said this when we said our wedding vows, we said our wedding vows, by the way, simultaneously to our audience, to our guests, instead of to each other, because of this one statement, which is, these promises are the touchstones that we commit to coming back to again and again. It is what we want to be reminded of and held to. We make these promises to each other and to you all. So we wanted to make it really clear that this wasn't a wink, wink, like don't call me on my shit, I will call you on yours yeah. kind of marriage. Yeah. Mm. We wanted to have community, to have permission to be like, uh, you said you're going to do this and I don't see you guys doing that. <laughs> right? Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I mentioned earlier that surprise. So the last little bit here is on the surprise part. So if you know your vows, I invite you to have a part of your ceremony where before you say your vows, you share with each other why I chose you, why I choose you. And the why I choose you can have more of the humor in it. And it has all the specialness of, and the surprises that your, your beloved will just then be moved and touched by all of these reasons why you chose them. So there's why I chose you as the surprise. And what I promise you is the part that you work on together. Great. There you go. That's kind of my, my nutshell of the DIY if you're out there and can't do personalized coaching, but otherwise reach out to me and I'll help you do it and take a lot of that off your plate. Absolutely. Yes. And we will have all those links below. Um, what about humor? 
I think humour's always <laughs> fun in wedding vows, and it seems to it seems to just break the ice, especially with all the guests. And because it's an emotional day, a wedding is an emotional day, and the humour is just like it's great when people are laughing and crying at the same time. So, I love humour. I love humour. <laughs> And it can also be used to get in some vows that might be a little bit, let's say, racier than um, for some audiences. For example, I helped a couple uh, that was a, that they're polyamorous couple. They teach um, sex and intimacy internationally, worldwide. So sex is a really big part of their relationship. (laughs) And even with others. And so, but it's a full family wedding. And so their first pass of their wedding vows said something like, I promise to get you laid and keep it wet. They clean that up a little bit. And it, it ended up with her saying, or them saying, I promise to create an extraordinary sex life for you. Because what that means is going to change over time. You know, they're getting married in their 30s. What's that going to be like when they're in their 70s, right? May yeah. not be quite as important, but still their sex life could look different in their 70s. I actually know people who teach sex and intimacy in their 70s and 60s, right? Yeah. So let's plan to to keep it going. Um, but when they said it, the humor came in. And when she said it was, uh, especially her, she said, I promise to create an extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary sex life with you. So she really turned up the volume and brought some play to it that way. Yeah. Yeah. As far as using humor, thumbs up. And it's less of your wedding is less about their vows, specifically about the entertaining of your guests. Mm. Moving them is great than it is of what you're going to true up to over and over again for the rest of your marriage Mm. and use as the anchor points, as the handle rails to actually have a healthy marriage. So the humor, I'd also recommend that you can bring it into the part on why I chose you, why I choose you Mm -hmm. and bring in some of the humor there. Like that's where I acknowledge my husband for having me be fully me, embracing me fully as I am, and still being able to call me on my shit. But I said it in a really kind of fun, rhymey way. Yeah. That's yeah. escaping me off the top relatable. of my head. So, Very yeah. relatable. Yeah. 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 And so you could talk about some of your faults maybe a little bit, but not so much that you're embarrassing or throwing them under the belt, under the bus. This is a great way to smuggle an acknowledgement of your beloved. But yes, for humor, I'm all about it. Just remember when you look at those vows, those are what you want to be holding on to and truing up to um, daily, really, for yeah. the rest of your marriage. And hopefully meaning that that meaning the rest of your lives. <laughs> Amazing. Very well said. I actually, I love how you're using it as almost like a relationship Bible to refer back to uh, a 100%. foolproof system of relationship ma- maintenance, essentially. So Yes. As as you said, when I read that statement, it says the touchstone that we come back to, right? Mm. I reckon we'll get into some rapid fire now. We'll start to sort of wrap it up. So just a couple different questions. If you could be a, or what movie character would you love to play and why? (laughs) What movie character would I love to play and why? Well, what's funny is the first thing came to me was animation. And you didn't say when you said character, maybe rather than I wasn't thinking of a person. Mm. Um, But what comes to mind actually is I'd make an animated movie with this. I don't think they've done any animated movies about a flying pig yet. But this is my mascot here because it's about trafficking and the impossible, like 
having a great sex life in your 70s. Oh, that's impossible. Well, why don't we just traffic in that? So yeah, that's, that's, I'd be a flying pig would be my character. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And do you have any hobbies? I love gardening, coming outside and putting my bare feet in the grass. You are literally, we're, you know, electrical beings um, having, getting a grounded experience in the earth and picking off the extra leaves of the tomato plants. I love gardening. Beautiful. That and Burning Man. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And what is the most memorable thing in your career so far? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, the one that came to mind in terms of memorable is when I do get to go to the weddings of those that I help write their wedding vows. And I'm actually just getting prepared to be able to lead weddings as well, to officiate weddings. Mm. It's hearing when there's a large group, because it's also wonderful in my coaching when I make such a huge difference for a couple, especially when I've been working with them for a long time. And it's just, they're just doing so great and how they were a year ago. For example, Mm. I just had a couple who went um, on vacation to the place that they went four years ago before they started working with me. And they said it was night and day. They had a miserable time last time on their vacation and had such a wonderful time. But really it's when there's that large group and they swoon when you say a wedding vow and the whole group goes, ah. <laughs> that just really hits me. It's really awesome. hits me. So good. And Gabby, what are you not good at? What am I not good at? Yeah. Oh gosh, you know, the part that I'm not good at, you know, it comes to mind is is selling myself usually and what I do. I'm yeah. I'm I'm just a service provider. I shouldn't say just. I'm a service provider. I want to give and give and give. Mm. And that's why I offer so many things for free and then say, "Hey, if you want to work with me directly, then that is definitely a higher price." I keep my my caseload quite small by intention so that people get my cell phone and they can text me. But yeah, I'm, I'm not good at um, always setting the, the value for things. I love mm. to give things away for free, which is a good thing, but sometimes can be to a fault. Yeah. <laughs> Much yeah. better at delivering than selling. Yeah, fair enough. And how, how do you work on that then for yourself? Um, well, I like to say I, I, I meet the need where it finds me. And so uh, a lot of that is, is right now, I used to have a show called Fights Clean Sex Dirty TV, an online program. And we did that for a few years, but now I'm supporting programs like yours. And so one of the ways that I'm doing that, because I love people, I'm taking something that I love to do and something that I'm not so good at. And I love meeting new people. I love talking about relationship. And so instead of having to come up with new content and do stuff like I am on other people's programs, supporting what they're doing Mm. and meeting great people and having awesome conversations about love that hopefully will ripple out into the world and you never know where who who's going to find it i had someone reach out to me and say i saw you speak in 2016 at burning man and i was like what and Mm. now they wanted to work with me so you just never know timing is everything i'm such a big believer in that you never know who's following your content or who finds it years later so awesome on that how can people get in touch with you and learn more about what you do Yes, for the special gift that's for today, please go to forbetter.love forward slash women vows because it's for your group and about the vows. So I want to make sure it's not confused with the other previous free gifts that you've had, we've had for your audience. Um, and you can also just check out forbetter.love 
um, feel free to reach out to me. You can also on Instagram, you can simply uh, DM me the word vows and it will get you started in that process as well. So whichever one is easiest for you. Fantastic. All right. And you can find all those details below. And thank you so much for joining us all the way to the end of this episode. And make sure that you are following us on all of the 10 different platforms that we're available on. It's going to help boost our rankings through Australia and hopefully make a ripple effect through the world as well. So on that, Gabby, thanks so much for your time today. We'll bring you on again and um, we'll work out what the next kind of topic of conversation will be and hopefully get you on our event next year. Yeah, those listening, uh, reach out, let us know. What do you want to hear more about in the realm of relationship? Definitely, definitely. All right, on that, Gabby, have a beautiful day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye.